All right, we are at the Gridlife uh, Auto Fest uh, at uh, Autobahn Speedway. This is our first event at Autobahn. Austin is stuck somewhere not at Autobahn. Getting it's, lucky uh, in Kentucky. Yeah. The final drift session of the day is up here right now. Uh, you can probably hear some uh, some background noise of drift cars. Um, I'll hold the mic up there in a few seconds since we get a nice loud V8 car coming by. But it's been a long, fun day over here. I've been up since 4 a.m. And uh, I, I did take one lap in my own race car, though. Oh, yeah? How was it? Took, yeah, uh, I went off into the mud, and I screwed up everybody's session. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was raining the, all morning. Yeah, it was, it was pouring rain uh, last night here. Um, and then it uh, rained until probably, uh, probably till at least 2 or 3 a.m., but the track is kind of puking water out of it because the ground around it is so wet. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's some there's some odd wet spots and weird locations. So is it uh, but, is it uh, seeping up through the cracks in the ground like it does yeah. at the beginning of the year every year? Yeah, yeah. There's hydraulic <laughs> pressure from all the grass around it. You know, gotta love. Autobahn. But yeah, the the uh, the drift sessions have been. I mean, I've never seen this place so packed with spectators. There's probably close to four thousand people here, maybe more. Wow, um, so it's like it's and, like grid life uh, one size, huh? Oh yeah, it's like that big. The uh, the towers probably got three four hundred people up in the deck, um, wow. and then there are thousands of people around turn one two complex over there. There's a railing all the way around it, you know. Yeah. Um, I got I got some awesome shots. Like there's people ten people deep, like all the way to the concession stand, and then wrapping around too. It's awesome. Wow. I knew so, it. Uh, I yeah, knew we, it was going to be a big event, but I didn't realize it would be as big as the May event. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, obviously we didn't have any kind of concert here at night, which is kind of relaxing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. less to worry about. Oh, are, we, you, are you camping out? Uh, no, I'm going home. I only live about okay. 40 minutes from here. Yeah. So. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah, the weather has been so flawless today. It's been like 70 degrees and sunny all day. It's just awesome. Oh, really? But, yeah, Any, really uh, fun event. A lot of our regular guys out here. Okay. Yeah, how's, uh, how's Top yeah. Attack going? Oh, it's been really good. Uh, uh, our regular leader, Andy Smedgard, is now our leader again. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he... Uh, he was in his he was in his white Evo with the green, and uh, he ran a 129 uh, this last session. Um, and then I th I think uh, Jeff Herman, the old the old uh, Wangfest competitor, he's here today. Um, in his it's an E30 with an S54 swap um, with some crazy old school standalone. Yeah, the, the white the E30 yeah. M3, right? Yeah. With the box flares. Oh yeah. The car. That car is. Oh, immaculate. it's so pretty. Yeah, it's beautiful, and he's—I think he ran a 130 flat. So him and okay. Andy are like neck and neck. So that car, um, I have never then, seen him open the hood on that car except to check for oil. Every time I don't I think see he it works event, on that car. It's just every time I oh. see it in an event, it's just—it's perfect. So yeah, the thing is solid, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we got uh, Ryan Upham with like a 130 or 131. A bunch of guys, like half a dozen guys, like low, low 130s. And then a really, really good, uh, really competitive uh, group in like the 140, you know, 138 to 142. A lot of cars. Most of the cars are right there. So okay. But yeah, it's been it's been pretty solid. So how's uh, how's feedback from the um, drivers that hadn't been there before? What do they think of the track? Yeah, we got a lot of drivers that are pretty new to this this track. Um, you know, Gingerman's our home, but uh, hey, everybody seems to really like it. Yeah, I've I've talked to too many people. My voice is starting to go. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been I've been running tech and then the track event portion. Basically, I got you know the one lap and two laps in my car and then hit some water and got stupid. And all the instructors are looking at me sideways like you jerk. Um, I I think I'm like the only track car that had to be towed off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it looks like we got a stuck to, a stuck drift car. Drift might be done for the day, so our. Our, our track activities might be over, but I got a lot of good drift audio we can uh, we can use for the intro and outro potentially. A lot of good V8 noises and stuff. Okay. But yeah, a lo lot of drivers are just uh, they're really enjoying the track. It started to it dried out pretty well and uh, now, are the drift started guys, to. Are they just running one, yes. two, and three for drifting and that's it? No, we uh, we opened the whole track up to them, so they're just kind of doing oh, nice. like a lapping day. I can't um, wait to see some but, videos of that. Yeah, they're, they're they're probably gonna have some awesome in-car video. 
Yeah. The, uh, the the majority of you know what they're showing off to the spectators is in the one two three combo. Um, they're not allowed to drift in turn eleven, like approaching the track exit, mm-hmm. um, because there's a there's a lot of stuff to get stupid and slide into. But yeah. uh, um, you know that's not a place you'd normally slide into anything on a track day. But you would uh, you could definitely get squirrely and slide into it in a drift car. How hard was it to yeah, uh, the, sell the event to Autobahn to, to get them to say, okay, we can drift the whole track? The, the, the track manager seems pretty excited about it, actually. Okay. Um, awesome. And I, you know, this is probably the biggest crowd, you know, I can't think of a bigger crowd they've probably, probably ever had here. Yeah, well, probably just from, uh, remember, wasn't there that, that MX-5 Cup car race and maybe a Grand Am race or, yep. or Pirelli World Challenge or something a couple years ago? Yeah, the I think probably one of the next biggest spectator events they've ever had has probably been like the Red Line Time Attack from like five or eight years ago. Yeah, but this is uh, this is definitely probably more spectators than they've had here in years. But awesome. the place is the place is yeah the, the, they've really cleaned the place up again too. I mean, there's a lot of new additions like canopies in some places on top of the uh, on top of the timing tower. Um, they put a giant canopy on that big deck off the west side, so you can sit in the shade. So. Oh, it's great, man. Nice. There's like hundreds of people up there during the uh, Time Attack and the Drift series. So, Man, I really wish I yeah, could have made my, it. My o- yeah, my only gripe is that uh, we really can't do much commentary because the um, the PA system doesn't reach the whole paddock, really. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's, I had, so that kind of was a blessing and a curse cause I, so I didn't have to do much commentary. <laughs> so my voice is still here. But... Uh, yeah, it would have been. I think it would have kind of brought a, a little cooler element if we could have done more uh, more announcements at PA. You can't really hear the announcements if you're far away, and yeah. you know the track guys on the far east side can't hear it much. So yeah, how's uh, the uh, how's the yeah, car but, show? I mean, with having Offset Kings there, I mean that's I'm sure that drew a lot of people in. Oh yeah, man, there are tons of cars. I I rode my bike around it a few times, you know, because uh, it's right between the paddock and the cafe, mm-hmm. and they've got. They've got like a couple hundred really nice magazine level cars, and then a ton of spectators. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty cool. Very pretty interesting sweet, day. So. Yeah, and you know, in my opinion, it's pretty awesome that the two events are, or that the event is kind of two events combined. You know, between the track and, yeah. and drift stuff and the car show. You know, it's it's yeah. letting a lot of people have exposure to things that normally they may not. So it's great. Yeah, and I think. I think it kind of makes for a longer car show because people have more to look at, you know, rather than yeah. just walk around in some soggy grass. They can walk over to the uh, the railing and watch the uh, the track stuff. So it looks like the drift cars are lining up again. We might have some more noise coming through here. Awesome. So, um, how how does it sound on your end with this microphone with the noise? Can could it you hear it? Great. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's not very peaky. Um, okay. You no, know, it's it's working really well actually. Yeah, it's looking like my levels are correct, and I, I do have my uh, correct microphone selected on uh, on my recording software. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I apologize about that last one. I had my, um, we figured out that I uh, was recording with the internal microphone, which is you know a tiny little little sixteenth inch dot on the bottom of my laptop. So that's why it sounded like I was on the surface of Mars off a cell phone tower. You know, not that good, but uh, I think we had pretty good content that last one. Got some, still got some pretty good feedback. So. Yeah, you know, I got a lot of good feedback uh, from people, and even despite the audio not being the best, uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Of, wasn't a lot too of good bad. feedback. I think the fact that we addressed it early on before the podcast even started, um, you know, that made yeah. a, a big difference. So people were kind of expecting it, and a little more understanding. People seem to like the uh, the BMX talk too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I uh, every time I go to the racetrack, I end up talking about BMX bikes with somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I brought no, a uh, no I brought a bike to this event. No, nothing here, nothing here. Oh, okay. I, I brought an old school. I brought a bike that's a 1972 Schwinn 20 inch, and it's got a giant basket on it. And, nice. Uh, it has, it has uh, of all things, it's got some spin mags on it. <laughs> Are they old they, school they BMX white? racing? Or no, the spin, the carbon fiber ones, right? Yeah, well, yeah. These I think were the they're the cheaper like the 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 thug five spokes that were tried. They tried to market them for like street riders and stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's old stuff that my my buddy slapped this bike together out of uh, out of his parts stash pretty much, and he calls it uh, the Pano Runner. Nice. Um, Pano's yeah. Pano used to be a restaurant near the bike shop where he worked, and they used to run to get Pano's food. Uh, 
some you know old school Greek diner food during lunch with that bike because it's got this giant basket on it. You know what I was thinking about that be would be kind of interesting to see. I don't know is Flatland BMX riding still around? Or did I'm that sure kind of like it is. It was, it was that was giant for a while. I'm sure it's around still. Yeah. Yeah. Those uh, those bikes were you know with the two inch pegs and everything and the straight laced wheels and stuff. Those things were. Uh, They're pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> They're cool looking too. They're they, heavy. You know, might not be the. They're a lot more compact. Oh yeah. But yeah, might might not be the best thing to take over a set of doubles or something. But probably not. And yeah. wasn't it one of the uh, the top tubes? Some of them extended out past the seat, and there was like a little rail there where you could like hold on to the bike when you're doing yeah, your use stunts and stuff. They usually had like the three three quarter inch tubing that like split halfway down the top tube, and then you kind of have a place to put your foot or grab onto. You know. Yeah. The old GT uh, performer had some, something like that, but anyway, we shouldn't talk about BMX stuff on this drift car event. <laughs> <man>, going. <laughs> what uh, what teams yeah, right. are out for drifting? Uh, the the big team is the uh, the Proceed guys. A lot of those, uh, you know, two forties and mm-hmm. a lot of V eight swap stuff. That that old that that uh, gold AE eighty six with the Toyota V eight and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the, I think the strictly modified 240s here, and then we got some some Toge factory guys, and then a few okay. independent guys. Okay. Um, you know, I've always yeah, a lot uh, of there's a lot of real nice drift cars that are built really well with a couple key setup tweaks. Might actually make some good time attack cars. And they they got such awesome cages in them usually. You know? Yeah. They they're, so. they're a lot of times they're going for a little bit of style, and the cages. You know, they put these awesome like uh, you know British touring car style cages in there. So, the giant gussets and <laughs> heavy, cool-looking stuff. I've always thought that I should buy—I should buy myself an old beater uh, drift car and turn it into a, a wild 240 track car or something. You should. Why not? Uh, and, and the oddest drift car of all just passed me. It's the GS 400 or whatever, that big old bubbly Lexus. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a, a, I think he's got a 2JZ swap in there. He lost his bumper twice today. <laughs> Do they just have those things on, like, quick disconnect so that they, like, come off just when I you're think, driving? I think most of the time they just zip strip them back on, so there's, like, 20 little holes along the top rail of them, tying them okay. into the body, you know? Yeah, because I'm trying to think, but. like, at Autobahn, you really have to go really far off track to actually catch something where the bumper is going to well, come off unless they're initiating a drift like going down the front straight and tag the wall you know on the left side of yeah, the didn't track ha- didn't but, have anybody touch any walls with the drift uh, the drift team or any of the drift cars touch any walls surprisingly but the, okay. the grass is a little thicker and it's a little bit muddy uh kind of muddy the cars drop down immediately i think they're just kind of grabbing the uh you know the four inch tall grass and okay. yeah those bumpers aren't held on they're not held on very much <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any incidents in Time Attack or uh, or HPD Plus or HPDE? Sorry. No, the uh, I think probably the the only pull off that I could think was the guy that, you know the the idiot track organizer named Adam Jabay that had to be towed <laughs> off. Um, that was like the first. I went out in the first instructor session. I was taking it easy, and then back in the kink, um, there was just like some streams of water. My second lap, I'm going through. They're kind of kind of soft, you know, not 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 hustling at all, but the I let off in like just the wrong spot as the rear tires went through some water, and then the the CRX obviously, as we talked about in the past, is a little tail happy. Yeah. And around it, around she went. I sit, I you know, I straightened it out, but I went off into the into the grass. You know, only like 10, 15 feet off track. Um, it wouldn't have been any big deal if I didn't land in like the muddiest mud hole ever. Yeah, if it hadn't been wet, you probably would have been fine. I, yeah, if it was dry, I would have driven off and like you know pulled in. Nothing would have happened, but it was uh, it was I, I instantly got stuck. I was like up to the up to the exhausted mud. So you've been scraping mud but, out of the chassis the whole day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't really looked at the car at all. Oh, okay, <laughs> I've been like, a little right, busy. That's it. I'll put it over by the truck and we're good. I pulled it over by the north tower and uh, just hosed it off while the mud before the mud encrusted itself, and then uh, yep, got back to my job. So. The, uh, yeah, the that, event's been a lot of fun, though. How's the HBDE going? I mean, I know most of the most of the groups were sold out, weren't they? Uh, yeah, the the track event was pretty much sold out. I think we had a couple advanced spots left, but that's we yeah. usually do. You know, a lot of the a lot of the advanced guys are instructing or running time attack nowadays. 
Um, it's a lot of the same faces, you know. We did have a bunch of new guys in beginner, obviously. Right. Uh, a lot of fa yeah. The variety of cars is really we're getting a wide variety now. You know, we used to, when we used to just run Honda meet, it was still a lot of Hondas. Mostly Everybody kind of grudged. Yeah, they graduated up to S two thousands, but we're getting a ton of Subarus, a ton of BMWs. Like a like E forty six BMWs are like the new track car, you know. Well, funny enough, that's um, what, there's a lot of S two thousand owners that you know that's what they aspire to next is either an E forty six, yeah, or a C five Z o six Corvette. At least on the track side and, of things. Yeah, C five is the other thing. We got like half a dozen C fives out here. So. Yeah, I saw I saw on I Facebook mean, uh, Bradley Yonkers is out again. So oh, running, yeah. running yep. time attack and and a couple others. Yep. Yeah, been uh, been a pretty good group. Uh, didn't have any you know any bad incidents at all. Just a couple of you know flat spins and everybody's been taking it pretty easy. Awesome. A um, couple of yeah, really close calls with the morning, wall, though. but oh, so wet. Um, yeah. It was bright and sunny out, but it was weird because there was like rivers crossing the track, you know. Um, and then you, so you get dry pavement, dry pavement, and then like a two foot wide river. And the car will like skip like, across it, and then yeah. all of a sudden you have and a it's river like, again. It's like a flowing river. <laughs> <laughs> like, like quarter inch thick deep water, and you just all of a sudden hydroplane for a split second, and then you come back onto dry pavement. It's the first, the first half of the day was a little interesting because of that, but yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty good. Um, it sounds like the members are still up on the north course. We got a bunch of formula cars running. Um, some, now I wonder what some, the. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's it's great because the people at the you know at the event can go over and watch the formula cars running, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, lots I wonder of what watch, the members. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what the members think of the event, though. <laughs> uh, I think the members are probably a little annoyed at the flat brim, uh, you know, young kid crowd. But <laughs> the everybody's been pretty crowd. Cool. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of them, but yeah, everybody's out here having a pretty good time. It's. It's such a perfect day. You can't hardly, you know, not smile out here, man. Yeah. But this is uh, this is kind of the this is the event that we wanted this to be, you know, with uh, with just a ton of people, a ton of spectators, and everybody just kind of having a chill time. No, no cars got wrecked. Um, yeah, every, I mean, the only cars that got wrecked were the drift cars that that broke five zip ties, and the truck had to go get their bumper. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> well, bad it at all. Like, uh, it sounds like the word is out about grid life. Yeah, it, it, uh, I'm pretty pleased with uh, with the crowd. Everybody's been everybody's been totally cool. So awesome. Um, what uh, what have you been up to this week? Uh, not too much. We drove over to uh, to Birmingham, Alabama, for the week. Uh, yep. And then came back, and then we left uh, this morning to come up here to Kentucky. What are you doing in Kentucky? That's a wedding reception now, right? Yeah, yeah, wedding reception for my sister, who got married last weekend yeah. in Florida. Man, she's really taking up some of your time there, buddy. I know. Don't even get me no, started. <laughs> say you only four, have uh, four nights you're... of hotels. So yeah, after this, yeah. Jessica and I are just like, oh, we're just gonna go to the courthouse. Yeah, it, it, there's nothing, nothing like uh, a really expensive, drawn-out wedding to make you think that maybe we don't need to spend this much money. <laughs> I told but, her yeah, we just it's... need to get, we just need to get married at Gridlife next year. The yeah, we could probably work it. Oh, you you know who could do that? Um, our, <laughs> she's our lead she's in the room with me right now and shaking her head. Our, our, <laughs> our lead instructor, Luke Wilcox, is a reverend. He can oh, is he, really? uh, he can marry you. I oh, yeah, be, he's married. Perfect. He's married a bunch of his friends. He, uh, <laughs> I think he's a Universal Church reverend. He's he can officiate your wedding at Grid Life. We'll even uh, we'll even throw you a reception on Saturday night, right? Yeah, we could have four thousand of our closest not friends at the at the wedding. Yeah, it, it'll be the loudest reception ever. But, That'd yeah, be pretty nothing, funny. Uh, there would be there would be nothing that would surprise me more than if you could sell that to Jessica. <laughs> I don't think she's buying it. No, probably not. You might be stuck with a regular one there, man. Hey, I tried. Yeah, I'm up on the, I tried. Well, yeah, it might save you enough money to buy a house or something. You never know. <laughs> That's I, the plan. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm sitting up on the second floor of the tower, and people keep going in and out. So if you hear some doors slamming, uh, it's a little loud up here, but nothing too bad. Well, the next so, one we'll to come through the, the door, the next one to come through the door, you should grab them and ask them what they think of the event. I, I tried to get a couple people up here. I should probably text Calzada. He wanted to come up and say hello. But, okay. Um, yeah. If uh, 
if you if I go dormant here for a second, it's because I'm so tired I can't do two things at the same time. <laughs> and it's only I feel Saturday. Like I've been... It's only Saturday. You still have a whole nother day. I uh yeah, I luckily tomorrow is pretty chill. I don't have to do a whole lot. Like um uh, basically there's no drift, there's just time attack and regular track day. So not that many people in the car show, you know, are gonna stick around because the car show isn't tomorrow. Oh, okay. um, it'll mainly just be, we'll just be running a, a time attack and a track day. It'll be a little bit more chill. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, if the weather holds out a little bit, looks like it might storm here in the afternoon, but if oh, the weather tomorrow. holds out, it's going to be a good day. Yep. Yeah, it should be pretty good. The, uh, the afternoon thunder showers might, uh, might come through, but we're in that strange point in Chicago where things, you know, kind of break up by the lake. Um, the lake is about 30 miles, uh, that would be like north east of us, and that kind of breaks up the thunderstorms that roll across, so you really can't predict the weather here this time of year that much. So. But anyway, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a fun day. Um, doing a lot of, you know, you see the, the drone helicopters out there shooting video, and uh, hopefully we have a couple good grid life videos, uh, just like we did from the last event. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait yeah. to see it. Yeah, the last really, of it, that video really got big. Well, uh, I'm uh, it's it's not the end of the world, but at least at least you're coming to Honda me, right? <laughs> I am. I will be there. So and actually I might be in town the whole week before. So we might have to do yeah. a podcast in person. Cool, cool. Yeah, our uh our, our I think our main videographer is up here, uh he's doing some videographer stuff. What's your name, buddy? Brent. Yeah, Brent, the videographer. He was flying his drone around and stuff. And he's got the Autobahn, uh, I'm an official video guy uh, jacket on right now. Nice. Yeah, Auto Autobahn isn't quite as easy to work with as Gingerman, but uh, yeah, yeah we, got the, we got a bunch of people that are getting press passes and stuff, but they don't want to let people everywhere. You know, Gingerman just says, yeah, you guys can do whatever you want. <laughs> so is he up there flying a drone from the, uh, from the tower? No, I think he's just charging batteries or something here. Okay. Yeah. The, this this uh this timing tower is unbelievable. It's like nicer than most houses. Yeah. Um, no, that whole the, facility the count- is very nice. Oh, it's so nice. The the counter here, like for timing and scoring guys facing the track on the south mm-hmm. course, it's like it's literally like a thirty five foot long counter. Um and there's like ten laptops out here. Everything's all spread out. It's uh, we got nice. so much room, and and the chairs are nicer than the chair I watch TV in at night. The place is just so nice. <laughs> are they letting people camp out tonight or no? Uh, yeah, there are some people camping. Um, okay. There we awesome. got Mr. Kelzada here, so we might have our first guest, Austin. Oh, nice. Little chair, man. Yeah, if you yeah, guys are we, gonna be sitting uh... at the table talking, if he's not right next to you, you can uh, put the mic at that bottom setting. Um, to pick up audio from both sides. Uh, take a listen here. Say hello, Mr. David Calzada. What is going on, everybody? Talk a little louder, Austin. you jerk. Hi. Hi, Austin. Hey, man. What's going on? You know, just living the dream. Yeah, living how's, the how's grid today, life man? right now. It's been fun. It's been uh, beautiful weather after we got the, uh, the wet patches of the track dried up, um, which you probably already heard yeah. about. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's I been uh, it's been fun. How uh, awesome! It, it sounds like it's a lot larger big. event. <laughs> yeah, it's bigger than we thought. Um, yeah, David's been tracking That's what the, she uh, said. the the. the <laughs> she didn't say that for any of us, but uh, yeah, D- Dave's been uh, tracking the K Miata. He uh, he just put a new motor in it before the last grid life. So yeah, it feels uh, very solid. Uh, I actually had the most wacky part failure i've ever had in my life i think today uh, yeah, i might have i might have uh, heard about that long. earlier actually not from I, adam but from I someone had, else that was there yeah i had a the uh the k-series has two bolts that hold the fuel rail onto the intake manifold and i had one of the uh the little the little tabs that basically you put the bolt through to hold the rail onto the manifold basically break and just start spewing fuel out through one of the injector holes all over the place to <laughs> the point cow. to the point where like the car wouldn't even run it was just fuel everywhere did that so, happen on track uh, or did it just happen in the pits? yeah it happened on it happened on track oh man and, did it die uh, or could you get it back in the it, pits it died it died i tried restarting it and then uh 
and then it was funny because it would not start, and I let the, uh, and then I basically keyed it off, and of course my steering wheel locked up, and then, I, <laughs> and then I just kind of start, just start kind of coasting. I'm just like, no, no, don't do this, and then you know, jiggle it around a little bit, get it going, and by then I can't even move the car anymore, and then I'm sitting like right at like a corner entry into turn six, I think. That sounds um, like a seven giant colossal fail. Yeah, it was a, it was a colossal fail, but you know. I, I, I've, I've run these K-Series motors for a long time, and I have yet to have a fuel rail break. So, like, the fuel rail boss broke off or, yeah, yeah. or the, the part on the rail itself? The, uh, I'll show you a picture, actually. Okay. Uh, do you think you can drive the thing home? Or how, yeah, how you... I got it all zip-tied up real good. Well, that'll do it. Zip-ties and duct tape, you know, that's, that's kind of what we, that's what so we gonna, use here. Do you have a spare rail that you can uh, throw in tonight and come back in the morning? I, I do, actually. Perfect. I do. I actually, I actually will not be here tomorrow. I'm actually standing up in one of my good friend's weddings tomorrow. So oh, okay. Weddings. And, then, uh, and then I'm going to Blackhawk on Monday because that's what normal people do, right? They just uh, <laughs> go to the track on each day uh, around uh, their, their friend's weddings. Yeah, you I mean, the, for, uh, for, us, for us, that's normal, but uh, for other people, probably not. Uh, there was a time where I think Austin went to like 29 track days in like 32 <laughs> days or something like that. <laughs> something yeah, how many like did you do that. that one summer? Like 60 days? Yeah, I think uh, a yeah. little over 50, over 50 days on track. Yeah. You got you got laid off and then just tracked and tracked and tracked full and time, tracked. Full-time job right there. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Best thing ever. What, uh, uh, what do you need to fix the Kamiata, Dave? Uh, I need a spare fuel rail that's in my garage. So. Yeah. And I uh, uh, need to have someone TIG that little uh, bracket back on because it was a little little wobbly after the uh, incident. The one, the, the little, it's hard to explain. On the this manifold, it's a, you know, like one of those box-type manifolds. So it's got a little uh, a little bracket that's basically just kind of tacked onto one of the runners and apparently not quite good enough. So, yeah, not the end of the world, though. At least you can probably get to Blackhawk on Monday, right? Oh, yeah. How many sessions did you get in the car? Because I know you were texting me earlier saying that you hadn't been on Autobahn South in about five years. Yeah, I got... I kind of just started going in a lot of random groups. I was actually... I had a, a couple um, couple people from actually the machine shop that makes some of our parts actually come by just to check out the car and see the event. So I was taking people out for rides, just kind of in every, you know, in between intermediate, advanced, instructor groups just to do a little... Uh, just to take people out for some fun. And uh, so I ended up driving probably only one and a half actual full dry sessions because we had our, our fuel rail failure. But, um, but the car feels good. car feels good. It kept, kept uh, getting quicker. So it'll be, uh, you know, it was fun. I, was I can't wait to see where that the day ends up, cut man. Short. Yeah, it's, uh, it's getting there. It keeps getting faster. I keep getting more comfortable in it. So... You, you rode with me. We had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, and just uh, I heard today from the NASA event over at Gingerman uh, that everybody is running about two seconds quicker on that new pavement. So oh, cool. uh, should be That's pretty interesting. Fair. Pat Reyes it should at, be lunch, like... at lunchtime, Pat Reyes wow. had run a 140.9 in his S2000. That's fantastic. His so... S2000 is mainly like a bolt-on car too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, it's, it's pretty much just like mine was. Um, he's got a little bit nicer suspension, um, but other than that, I mean, very, very similar cars. So, That's and I, I don't know what tires he was running, but all they were saying all the race group guys were running two seconds faster um, at Gingerman today. Wow. So, so it's, uh, it's going to be very just, promising. I wonder how much is just because there are not huge, like speed bumps all over the track now. Oh, I heard it was so places. smooth. You, yeah, that's what I heard as well. You just stay flat. Um, and not have to worry about the car feeling like it's just going to get yanked out of your hands and send you off into a wall. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably um, so a lot more confidence-inspiring. Nice. Yeah, I saw that video that uh, Mike well, Jasinski exactly. put up. I guess he ran there yesterday or Thursday um, and posted hmm. a video, and and it just seems so, so smooth. So can't wait for Honda Meet. Yeah, that should be good. I mean, Honda Meet's not really an event where I think I ever get a clean lap, um, <laughs> but I think that how the car sits right now... Um, should be it should be a sub 140 car. I think I can take it there without changing a thing on it, and then just kind of keep working it from there. But that would let's, be uh, let's back that up would be a, a second. Party. 
Uh, I just realized that some of our listeners probably don't know what the car that you're talking about is. So you wanna you wanna fill them was, in real quick? I was trying to yeah, I was trying to get there, but you guys uh, you kept kvetching like a couple of hens <laughs> talking about I'm your talk broken so this and broken I that. Them. I listen to them while I work in my garage. Yeah, what's uh what's the Kamiata all about, Dave? I know a little bit about it. Austin knows. A I know. Bit about I know it, just a little bit. I think the three of us are like the reason that stupid thing happened, and now David has a company, and it's a real thing. Yeah, it's David has a company, and we have a podcast. That's right. That's right. Yes. Wait, wait. Somebody got the uh, the short end of the stick there. I think he's stuck <laughs> with that company. Yeah. Yes, I am. Um, so yeah, it's basically uh, Honda K20 or K24 motor um, in a Miata, uh, as you can guess. Kmiata.com is the uh, website. We've got a full bolt-in swap kit for it. Um, basically includes a custom subframe, uh, engine mounts, oil pan, a custom oil pump setup to uh, get uh, steering rack clearance needed to keep the uh, OEM steering geometry. Um, includes an adapter plate and flywheel to make uh, the K-Series to a Mazda Miata Trans and uh, wiring harness. And then we sell a couple different headers and intake manifold solutions. So um, it's really... Basically, I mean, the car right now makes 248 to the wheels, 189 wheel torque, uh, 8,200 RPM, and it's just a basic OEM Honda build with some cams in it, and uh, it's pretty much perfect in that little car. Weight distribution is 50-50. It's actually lighter than it was before. Uh, it's, a, it's a lighter motor by a bit, so uh, it is a, it's a win. I, I drove this thing at, at Honda Me last year. It had, what, like 214 last yeah, year there? Like that. It was. It felt like the tiniest Corvette ever. It was just awesome. <laughs> I mean, the power to weight. It's like the perfect power band with the perfect chassis. And he had just basic Coney yellows and like street suspension and the thing at the time. Um, oh, and now he's got some wild like uh, Zetas or whatever you call them on there. But the thing was just so fun, even with bolt-on suspension and some worn-out NTO ones or something. It was just awesome. And that was and the whole reasoning of, behind uh, it too, right? To have a nicely, a, a well-balanced package. Because I know a lot of people yeah, exactly. will see it and they'll be like, well, why don't you do a V8? Yeah, I mean, it comes down to the fact that everybody that does what we do is looking for kind of the best combo of cheap, fast, and reliable I think, and so I think the K-Swap and the Miata is kind of, I think, the best of all worlds there. I mean, the car, the car is so cheap to run. Brakes are so cheap. I mean, tires, you know, 15-inch tires, and, you know, the motor's dead reliable. You just, it just, uh, it just run. it's it's as reliable or more than a stock Miata, and you're making two and a half times the power. Uh, so that's kind of the, uh, I think, the draw. We're, you know, we're getting a lot of a lot of uh, customers kind of from the track community because of that, because it basically kind of puts the Miata, it, you know, people, not everybody wants 400 wheel horsepower in a Miata. They just want a couple hundred and they just want to go fast because you don't, as you know, don't need much power at all in those cars to go fast. With a K24, I mean, the power band is like, it feels sort of V8-like with that weight. I mean, it's lighter than a Miata. You can just go buy 10 years ago. It, uh, it's the power band is just perfect. It's not peaky like a turbo setup. Uh, the motor doesn't get hot. Uh, you're not dealing with turbos cracking off and falling anywhere. I mean, it's just such a cool car. And just the, to give you guys uh, you an idea of, of the yeah, uh, of the power that that thing makes, uh, when I was riding with David, a couple of times we took turn 11 at Gingerman and third, and sometimes we took it in fourth, and it didn't seem to make a big difference on lap times, one way <laughs> or the other. You know, it was very very yeah, close. Were... I think. Yeah, there are a couple spots where I'm just like, eh, I could be in third, but why? <laughs> I'll just hang out right here. This when it, is easy. When it, can, when it can do whatever you want, who cares? You know, it's fine. Exactly. What, what, uh, what's it, what kind of like top speed would you see at kind of our benchmark track at Gingerman in the long straightaway? Um, like 125, 128, something like that, I think. Not too bad, man. That's yeah. pretty quick. Top, top of fifth gear. And that's the uh, uh, the six-speed Miata Trans that's in it right now, right? Correct. Six-speed Miata and Trans with a 410 torsen rear end, just all the OEM stuff. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. What uh, what kind of tires are you on this weekend? Uh, Maxxis RC1s. How do you like uh, those things? You know, I'm a, actually a huge fan, I and it's funny. They're, they're a lot like an NT01, which is, you know, what everybody says. Um, but I find they seem real consistent, which also an NT01 is. But actually, the weird thing that I like about them is they don't have tread on them. NT01s are just loud tires. Yeah. And if you drive it on the street at all, which I will on occasion, um, 
it doesn't just go rah, 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 everywhere you go like a like an off-road truck it's basically like totally silent it's like the quietest tire so do you uh, you notice any kind of like tread squirm in an nt01 versus like uh you know nothing that uh, there's no tread there's a couple lines on an rc1 right there are the two required lines just like you know any DOT any dot lines. exactly just that but no, I mean the the wear seems. I mean, as far as tire pressures, alignment, it seems to like everything the NTO ones liked. Um, I have them on uh, 15 by nine. They're 225, so they're they got just a little bit of functional stretch. So it basically there's really not a lot of squirm. Everything's super crisp, super precise. So I like it. I'll eventually try some tens with a 245. Um, but as it sits, there's really not much to complain about. So that's awesome. The uh and the car is still on like stock brakes, like 1.8 brakes and stuff, correct? Yeah, I put just the um, M-tuned, which is like Honda K-series K-tuned companies like Miata line. They've got a little brake kit that just basically lets you put like VW Corrado rotors on the front, oh, cool. like the 11-inch yep. uh, rotors. And it's really not enough for the car right now on some faster tracks. Um, I'm going to probably do a Willwood setup on the car eventually, but I don't know. But didn't you take for, it to, no, uh, to Road America last year? Yeah, that was an issue with those brakes. <laughs> how, <laughs> you were, you were running did... out of gear there, right? I was running out wow. of gear. I was hitting 135 miles an hour three times every lap, and this was only with like 215 <laughs> horsepower. So, I mean, the car was just, those poor brakes were just getting so punished. Was so. that still the 410s in there, or yeah, was the, that the uh, 43s? When you I, that was with the 410. With this, that was with the 410. Okay. So the four, if I had a 4.3 okay. in there, I would have been out of gear so fast. <laughs> There's a funny video. Den- my buddy Dennis Duff, I think it was, he's got a, uh, uh, at least last year, he had, the trans that he had was, uh, he's got a B16 powered EF hatch. And the trans he had was, I think, a, you know, where the, the one that everybody makes where they put the LS fifth gear um, in the thing. So it's a tight one through four. And he's going up the back straight at, at ITR Expo. And in the video, you can hear, bah, 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 and then, bah, and he doesn't go anywhere because <laughs> he hits that long fifth gear. And he's in that fifth gear forever, just shrieking through the gears. And then, bah. John Coster does. Yeah, Coster's got some, like, I don't know if he still has it, but in his autocross days, he had, like, the LS fifth, and it was, like, a joke. Yeah, you got to have that highway fifth. That's what everybody thought back in the day. And now we've got some faster cars. And um, I, I use fifth a lot in my race car. I got a four nine final, but yeah, I couldn't deal with one of them long fifth gears. I love that video that Dennis has though, where it just drops and the car just falls on its face at Road America and like that giant straightaway. Especially if you're going up that hill. Oh I don't yeah, know if he would even make it up. He just roll back down probably. <laughs> yeah, you got to have a little bit of a uh, little bit of pace to make it up that big hill there. Well, that's like stock Miata. Sometimes you can watch them like decel as they're going up that hill. <laughs> oh yeah, it's worse when someone's trying to point you by too. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to lift enough for you. <laughs> the uh, I, I I watched uh, the runoffs there a couple of years ago, um, and yeah, the, w- watching. Uh, you know, spec Miata. It was. It's just a whole pack of the loudest Miatas you've ever seen, and nobody's moving anywhere in that straightaway. It's. It's. Uh, they're using all the draft they can, and the. Uh, that's a track where some. You know, in a big in a big run group uh, of all identically prepped cars, draft is a big deal at a high speed track like that. So. Yeah, didn't they just have the June the, sprints? Uh, I think they just they just finished uh, the June sprints. Yeah. Right? That was, I think, last weekend. I think that was the 60th running of the June Sprints. A lot of years they've been running that event there. That's wow. kind of, that was a, that's a majors event uh, for this year. That was a qualifier for the runoffs. The runoffs are in Daytona this year, so that'll be like the biggest drafting tra- track. But yeah, all, all the power cars in the classes will win this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, running the Robo there with the infield course. I mean, it's uh, you imagine it would take forever in a slower car to get around there. The uh, the coolest race, I think, uh, and they broadcast it on speedcasttv.com, I think, but uh, I think that's the website. But the, if anybody wants to look that race up, it's this fall. And if you watch the Spec Miata race, it's going to be on Friday night under the lights at Daytona. Oh, really? So it'll be a lot. Oh. Yeah, they, Ma, Ma, Mazda spent a bunch of money to get them uh, to run at night uh, under the lights. It's going to be a really fun race to watch on. Uh, and they do a high-quality uh, video, you know, kind of a TV program, program or presentation. Uh, Randy Popes and a bunch of other pro race car drivers are usually uh, the commentary, but it's going to be under the lights. It's going to be a really fun spec Miata race to watch there. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. 
We just need to make Spec Kamiata. Yeah, Spec Kamiata, so David can retire early. The that that should be in the next class. But the the class that I'm in actually last last meeting we talked about uh, the potential of cross uh, brand engine swaps. So if uh, now that we've gone down the pipeline of letting lots of weird things into this class, we'll we'll see. Maybe I can build myself a Kamiata for my race class. <laughs> I'd build one too. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, that's that's one of the, that's like the only gripe I have with it is I'm kind of into this wheel to wheel thing even though I'm kind of too busy to do it really the uh, uh, is that the Kamiata doesn't slot well into any SCCA classes and for some reason I'm still an SCCA guy but, but uh, I don't know NASA is kind of looking appealing once in a while well even with NASA well, though is, you get you get no, knocked up? into a certain a certain class because of the tubular subframe that the Kamiata swap uses. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really the issue, and that was a new rule for um, 2015, I think, and we, you mm -hmm. know, we had started building this car in 2012, and I, you know, poured through the rule book to be sure that we would not have any issues, and, you know, it was just like a one-point subframe mod is all we were dealing with, so it was like, okay, no big deal, let's go forward with this, so now really the place this car falls best into is like TT3, ST3, or 2, or whatever it may be, I did some kind of calculate it all out. I mean, you can run that car with 270 horsepower to the wheels uh, and the, its current weight on whatever race slicks you want with as much aero as you want, and it's a TT3 car. So, at any, you know, maybe not going to go win nationals, but super competitive, like, regional car for sure, just with, like, gee, even without all that. Um, so... So NASA doesn't care about cross-manufacturer engine swaps in those classes? Not in those classes. It's, they don't, it's pretty much horsepower to weight ratio, yeah. and um, it's, pretty, it's pretty broad. I think that's why it's also a class that a lot of people stay out of, too, because it is a you know, higher dollar class. I mean, yeah. you can really go crazy. You, know, you take the same points if you just put a little splitter and wing on the car or if you build this huge aero package. So um, same with... Same with tires, because Miata, you know, you're not going to run anything more than a 245 or a 275. You can run, like, any tire. Um, so it's, it's appealing in that sense. It's kind of the eventual plan for this little test car. Um, but for right now, I'm really happy with where it is. So It's such a nice, like, street track day car. Yeah. Like, you could even take this thing, you know, on a little road trip anywhere you wanted. Anything you could fit in a Miata, which is like a, you know, handbag and a purse. But the... Uh, yeah, it's such a well well built car. I mean, he's speaking, got carpet and stuff in it. Speaking of road trips, are you going to drive that thing down to Miata's at the Gap, David? Or are you going to trailer it? I am going to trailer it. Okay, that is definitely happening. Mid Ohio is my limit. <laughs> David, David's a father now, so he had to buy a tow vehicle, which uh, he just bought a Ford Explorer, and now he's looking for a trailer. So nice. Um, what are you gonna? Uh, I hear I hear you're going out to Laguna Seca with it for some big Miata meet too, man. Yeah, there is uh, Miata's at Mazda Raceway, the big uh, the big meet they do out there every. Uh, I think yeah, it was, I mean they did the big 25th anniversary uh, event last year, so it's this big thing. I guess last year there were 1,300 Miatas there, uh, which is insane. I mean obviously not all on track, but a big meet, a big track day, a lot of race cars come out. All the you know, all the kind of players from the industry um, will be there, obviously. So. It's kind of the place I need to be. I'm actually not even going to tow the car. I'm just going to ship it. Uh, I'm just going to fly out there. When, bring uh, when is me. that? That's, it's, uh, it's October 3rd and 4th. Okay. Of this year. I, That's a long drive yeah. from Chicago. <laughs> we should try and make it out to that. Yeah, it's, uh, it was about 32 hours in the car or in the trucks, and I thought... You know, if I do 10-hour days, which, I mean, you could really do, two, you know, in two days. But, man, that's a lot of my life just yeah. sitting there towing. That, that's a week of your life driving across, you know, the beautiful country that we live in. But a lot of it is boring as crap. So. I've, uh, I've been to um, uh, Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca, and, oh, what a cool place, man. It's just, like, the prettiest racetrack. The elevation changes. It's, like, mind-boggling. You stand up near the... Uh, up near what's it called the the corkscrew, yeah. and uh, it it looks like the world falls off underneath you when you're looking across the corkscrew. It's just so cool. I heard well, it I might not be. What... Uh... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, I was gonna say that's what I've heard people that have been there say. You know, you just look at that thing in pictures and it looks pretty okay. Well, you know, whatever. And then you drive over it and it's like, holy cow, what is happening? <laughs> There's some pretty hilarious. If you look up like corkscrew, uh, I think I looked up corkscrew crash or corkscrew failure. There's a lot of in-car footage of people that like go over it the first time, and it's just a mess. <laughs> if you do it, if you do it wrong, it's a mess. I will not do that. Don't worry, everyone. No, take it real easy, especially in the, one of the faster Miatas that'll be there. The uh, yeah, the SCCA runoffs were there last year, and I watched some of that video, and it's it's such a pretty place. I mean, if uh, if I can make it out there, uh, I kind of want to go. But I think the sticking point might be if we do a third Good Life event that weekend, which isn't officially announced, but it's potentially that weekend. Oh man. Um, so I'm kind of torn between two mistresses there, unfortunately. Well, uh, well so we'll one way or the other, I'll be gone that weekend then. I'll either be at the third grid life or, uh, <laughs> or maybe like out you, at Laguna yeah. Seca. Just, just got to pick, pick the better offer. David's going to need a little bit of help out there. So you're, uh, I think it's going to be good for me to have somebody out there. So I'm kind of sitting here. You know, I do... You know, I do all of our parts purchasing from suppliers all as much as I can on credit cards. So just the credit card points are just through the roof right now. And I'm just like, I can fly a whole posse of people out here for free if I want to. So I figured I'd uh, bring Adam out or uh, I know you express interest in, in, in getting a little seat time out there. Ooh, I would love to drive that place. I've only been there and like walked the track. They were doing a uh, I was out there on vacation and just dragged the wife over there. And even she thought it was awesome. Sarah thought the place was just beautiful. Um, and I bought a mug, which I which I drink uh, I drink gin out of on a regular basis, and it's it's my Mazda Laguna uh, Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca mug, and I wash it myself every night so no one breaks it. I just cherish uh, cherish every second I uh, I hold that mug in my hand, and I want to go back there ASAP. The place is just gorgeous. It's like the prettiest place ever. I I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fantastic, and. Uh... I don't know, a couple days out there. It's, I mean, the event sells out in like 10 minutes, apparently. I wasn't even going to be home. I had to ask my wife to sign me up for it. And then uh, just like sign me up for advance, get me in there, you know, whatever. And she picked me a number. She picks me our anniversary is our number. <laughs> the, uh, uh, how sweet. How sweet. You're not going to take her with you out there? You know, I thought about that, but I honestly think she would be, I mean, she'd probably like it for the first hour, and then she'd be like, standing around while I'm running around doing stuff, talking to customers and driving. And all Are you going to have a booth there or no? You know, I haven't gotten that far. Yeah. Um, probably. I'm putting together some good promo uh, material and some displays and whatnot for cool. Miatas at the Gap. So cool. uh, we'll see how much I can pack into it, a Miata that I ship out there. Yeah. I could probably fit a lot of stuff in it if I don't have to actually sit in it myself. So we'll see. What uh, what would uh, uh, like what would you take out there? A lot of spare tires and tools, and ship and ship that all out there with the car. I I yeah. The problem is there's not a lot of room in that car. Maybe I'll just um, I'll probably just ship a box of stuff out there. Actually, my aunt lives about 45 minutes from the track, oh, so nice. I'm thinking about just having the car shipped over her way, and, uh, and then probably fly into town a day or two early, and uh, you know, hang out with the family, and then. And then it's nice and convenient. Everything's there. So I have seen a couple of guys that have shipped cars that have built like things that you know sit on top of their hood to, to store tires and stuff like that. That's it might what I might not be a bad way to do that if uh, as long as the shipping company lets you do that or or mount something on the deck lid. Uh, it's a kind of a dead space in the truck in the you know in the box truck that it goes out there in. Yeah, yeah. I mean the way I look at it, the car it seems like I'm getting quotes from eight hundred to a thousand dollars to ship the thing each way. <laughs> which is a lot but i calculated the fuel cost plus hotels it's like the same <laughs> yeah that's so, that's it's expensive to get to the other side of the country one way or the other but, not to mention um, like uh what what would that be like probably four or five days driving round trip uh yeah exactly that's the i mean you're talking probably four days if you're crazy six days if you're not as crazy but that's still like 10 11 hour days so i don't yeah. really want to do that um I'm not Austin Cabot here who just drives <laughs> for an eternity and doesn't even care. So well, I just figure of that, we'll just do that. If it, it, the week that I come up, I think I'm actually going to trailer the motorcycle up and ride from Chicago to Minneapolis. 
to Minneapolis to Duluth, Minnesota, nice. across the UP, and then down to down to Honda Meet at Genderman. So, which is like I think about sixteen hundred miles. You're a crazy guy. <laughs> How much free time do you have? So uh, do you will, work at will, all? That will be vacation for sure. Did you get laid off again? No. Austin got laid off again, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not at the racetrack, so. 50 days on track starts now. Yeah. Yeah, what, what was the longest that you uh, you went? You did like how many days in a month or something like that? You were instructing for CGI, doing Honda Meet. You did some NASA stuff. Yeah, I think at one point I had been in the span of like nine days. I spent eight of them on a racetrack or something, just doing a bunch of testing tunes and and a bunch of stuff. When I moved back to Atlanta, though, we did, uh, I think I did a day at Autobahn, a day at Blackhawk, a day at Gingerman, and then ITR Expo. So it was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, uh, and then drove from there to Deals Gap and drove the car in the mountains for a couple days. And then, and then down to Atlanta when I was moving, so that was the, that was uh, a pretty busy, pretty busy week. David just got a text. Do you want your car shut off? Did you leave your car idling, Dave? Well, what I did is because <laughs> I put those sketchy looking zip ties on the car. I'm like, I'm gonna let this thing run for a while so it gets nice and hot and be sure that nothing's melting. Yeah. And I got a text five minutes ago. Do you want your car shut off? It looks like you've been on the podcast for roughly half an hour. So did is, you respond? Uh, does that thing you, were just, cool, you were just or? waiting to see when it would shut itself off when the leak sprang again. Yeah, you know, after just you know, <laughs> once the, once it starts leaking, then it, you know it's good. It would just you know dump it all on the ground. Did, uh, does that thing idle pretty cool? It just sits around all day and idles ice cold, or? Uh, yeah, it's actually fine. It's um, there's no idle air control valve in it uh, with the Golden Eagle manifold, so. You know, when it's like cold, cold, you got to just kind of idle it a little bit with your foot for like 10 seconds, 20 seconds. And then uh, and then it's fine. And then it just sits there at 800 RPM all day. So very nice. Oh, changing topics. I just got a text from uh, I got a text from everybody's favorite Indianapolis resident, Brad Adams. He's uh, he's racing at Gingerman today and he's been battling uh, VTEC issues. He's got some wiring problems. But he just got uh, he just won his first race. So. Nice. <laughs> Honda Actually, he Challenge might have won a race before. Yeah, he's running H2. It's a B16, okay. I think, with Type R cams. Makes like 164 wheel horsepower or something like that. So. Uh, I bet he's I did. psyched, too. Yeah. What, what's VTEC, anyway? I've never owned a car with VTEC, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of my cars has been non-VTEC. Yeah, that was that was one of the cages I did this winter. That was a that was a fun one. We we me and Kyle knocked that cage out in six days. Uh, oh, geez. after work we, all, we we both worked full time that week and we knocked the the whole cage out. And we, t- we had, that idiot even made us take the dash apart and stuff. He didn't even have that stuff ripped out. <laughs> so I hope Brad's listening at work. Uh, congratulations, Brad, and you're an idiot. So yeah, that's that, that's a good week. And he's got the family up there, at Gingerman. Beautiful oh, weekend perfect. for it. Ho- hopefully the weather's nice up there too. But uh, I'm bringing my little boy out to Honda meet. He'll be like, I don't know, eight months old. What? Uh, where are you guys going to stay? You getting a hotel? Yeah, we got a hotel. Well, I've got him signed up for the beginner uh, already. Okay. Got to so start him early. We'll uh, start him early. we'll have to get some pedal extensions for little Josh already there. Done. <laughs> already done. <laughs> you, you already taught that kid how to drive stick. Yeah, abs- absolutely. To, better teach him how to wipe his own ass pretty quick too. <laughs> first, you're, get, you're getting yeah, things out of order that's here. That's why I got like, the aluminum seats in the car. That's right. You got it's the bucket seats. Easy cleanup. Snap the covers and throw them in the wall. Yeah, exactly. hose, hose them out. No uh, problem. A couple extra covers. <laughs> They're great. They're the only ones that fit in the Miata low enough and far back enough for someone who's six four like myself. I don't even know why I have such a little car. They're actually those Kirky seats with like the Kirky cover can actually be really comfortable, comfortable too. They got a nice yeah. molded, yeah. They got a nice molded foam butt on them, and uh, you know, it, uh, well, they're they're well built, high supportive seats. I kind of dig them. I've got them in my street car, Lemons car, race car. Kirky owns like half of my. Uh, you know my my purchases on my uh, history from uh, PayPal. <laughs> now, do you have Kirkies in yours, or are they Ultra Shields, David? They're they're Ultra Shields. Okay, okay. Yeah, but same like, basic thing. They're like the spec Miata Ultra Shields, so it kind of makes sense when you put them in the car. You're like, oh, I can see these were made for a Miata because I tried putting like a Recaro SPG in there, and it was just not happening. It wasn't. I mean, it fit in the car, but it was way too far forward and way too high. So. The issue has been trying to get my head below the roll bar, which I have accomplished finally. For those of you who don't know David, he's uh, about as tall as me. We're, what, 6'2", 6'3", something six like that? 6'4", yeah. yeah. Yeah, you might be an inch taller than me, even. How about that? 
What uh, what do Miata guys do as far as like uh, wings on seats? Does anybody run those? Like the the side impact protection wings? Probably if oh, you're like short. The halo bars. Yeah, it, well, on the seat, yeah, you got the wings that come yeah. out. A lot of people run those. Uh, it seems like that would make the seat awful hard to get out of. But yeah, I think I think a lot of the guys don't get out of them. anyway. I think a lot yeah. of guys don't Not, run them just because it's it's hard to get out of the car in the event yeah. of a fire. <laughs> Not nowadays, uh, with with head and neck restraints, it's not the biggest deal. But I, I kind of you know like what? them for fatigue on my neck. But. Jason Kohler has one in his PTE Miata, actually. Hmm. Yeah, but Jason is like, I don't know, eight inches shorter than me or something. <laughs> yeah. So like, and, I've seen and he's, he's got his nice Recaro. Yeah, it's perfect for him. So you yeah, know, he probably fits in that car, thing well. But I don't, I don't, I don't have anywhere to go in that car. There's just no room. So yeah. he, and, you know, I looked at his seat and I'm like, wow, this guy's got like a foot of space behind his seat. If I could do that, that would be golden. But no, not for me. Yeah, I really like those wing things. Not you know, not really for the safety, but uh, I think you know, a, head, a, a good head and neck restraint is probably just as good as safety. But I like them for uh, just fatigue on my neck. My head's not flopping around as much. <laughs> That's I, what I, I, I did Butler built ones on my. Yeah, I did the Butler built ones that that you bolt onto any aluminum seat on my Kirky in my car and just put them like nice and tight to my head. I've only got like an inch and a half of slop on either side. Nice. And it's pretty com- pretty comfortable. You don't get uh, your neck banging around and uh, I just kind of rest my head against it in either turn and we're good to go. In my in my S2000 I actually have a Pro Racer Hans out of a GT3 Cup car that I got off of eBay for like 400 bucks. Um but it like a place like Atlanta Motorsports Park, uh, the last turn's like a really, really long sweeper where for like 20 seconds you're in the throttle, cornering, just a huge sweeper. And I've just started like kind of resting my head up against the halo bar and that thing through that whole corner. It's kind of nice. If you're doing a lot of seat time, I mean, you know, even if it... Even if you're just tracking, it's, it is kind of nice to have those uh, the wings on the seats. It does kind of kill it for uh, for streetable stuff. But lots of seat time. I mean, with a heavier helmet, I've got a cheap helmet. It's kind of heavy. It's SA rated, but it's you know fiberglass or whatever, so it's a little heavier. And yeah, it does kind of bang your neck around after a while. I just uh, I'm just gonna just get a neck brace. Just a full neck brace, or maybe yeah. just a full cast, and then you just head doesn't move. Yeah, <laughs> you could just uh, wrap yourself like up attraction. in uh, plaster of Paris. <laughs> attraction uh, thing uh, for for back problems. A lot of guys do. Uh, yeah, a lot of guys do use those uh, the foam neck collars. Uh, you know that you know a lot of uh, a lot of they're like twelve bucks at Jags oh, like the, or something. The go karting ones. Yeah, a lot of guys use them. Yeah, they just use them just for helmet support. It doesn't do much in the in the in a side impact or a front or rear impact. But but you uh, don't have to hold your head yeah. up. <laughs> Yeah, the it, it, when you got a heavy helmet, your neck is you know your neck does get tired. So, um, well, we're we're into this thing for about an hour and some, and I might have to go do some more things. Do you want to yeah. talk about anything else here? Uh no, I'm actually gonna have to run to dinner here soon. But uh, David, cool. appreciate cool. you coming on. If people want to know more, uh, where can they uh, where can they go to see more about the K Miata? They can go to kmiata.com. Nice and easy. And, uh, yeah, you know, any questions or anything, uh, send us an email. We've got a pretty extensive FAQ on there. We can also um, forward along our installation guide to people, which I've been doing a lot of. I need to just put it up for download off the site, but I haven't gotten that far. Um, So, yeah, lots of info there. And uh, everything is uh, actually in stock right now, So, um, which is always good because we're really trying to manage that new inventory. How much of these things... Are we going to actually sell here? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it. Kmiata.com. Yeah, small little company, and uh, yeah, it's not what David does for a living yet. But if you guys buy lots and lots of cool products from him, he's uh, he, he might try to get this done for uh, for a living. He's got to work. Uh, he works real hard, man, and one of the best uh, customer service kind of guys I've ever seen in this industry. This industry is known for a lot of semi flaky small businesses, and David is not one of them, man. He's He's really, really put a lot of effort into this. I mean, he's, he's working two full-time jobs here, but uh, yeah, developing a lot of new products, a lot of uh, a lot of small little stuff and niche market kind of stuff. And it, it I mean, this is what uh, hot rodding is, and this is what this is this is what drives this industry forward is small guys like David building cool stuff. So, well, and I have to give the shout out to really both of you guys. Adam, especially though, has pulled lots of late nights fabbing that initial subframe and mounts and oil pans. So 
Couldn't have done it without actually either of you guys, Austin, with your little donor uh, chassis and that first weekend where we just kind of jammed out on it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, Austin Such a fun drags, weekend. Austin drags this, uh, this Miata that had, like, the most crushed floor I've ever seen. I mean, this thing looks like it had been jumped over railroad it, it tracks used to be a, It years. used to be a hella flush car before I got it, so it was just oh, slammed. It, it was, and... uh, the, the bottom of that thing was terrible. The bottom was literally like a smooth underbody, but, like, gashes and tears. That's for aerodynamics, man. Come on. Yeah, that's it. And then we had uh, we had Tall Kyle doing some awesome work for it. Yeah, he did um, a lot of the welding, especially the, in the oil pan yeah, initial the, prototype. The, the initial oil pickup is like beautiful, yeah. and now it's just bent out of one piece. <laughs> yeah, I, I tack welded the initial oil pickup, and then Kyle beautifully TIG welded it. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's been a fun project, man. It's been fun to watch uh, David turn this thing into a, something that you can actually buy and bolt into a Miata without swinging hammers at everything and breaking out a torch and yeah, just cool to be a part of the the whole thing but oh, it's been fun. anyway this is uh austin's got to go do dinner with the girlfriend who's probably mad at him because he's wasting her time and, and the family and try and talk you for, her into uh, getting married at grid life tell, tell jessica thank you for letting us steal you for a few minutes <laughs> all right yeah we're we're uh we're gonna sign off from grid life uh auto fest motorsports uh freaking whatever you call it over at autobahn so and we're watching the track dryer go around here. There's nothing cool happening here anymore. Car show awards are going on right now. But I'm hoping to win. This is uh, Adam Jabay uh, for David Calzada of KMiata.com saying uh, thanks, guys. We really appreciate you listening. And uh, tell your friends because this stupid crap doesn't grow by money because we don't have any of that. <laughs> but, um, thanks, Austin. I'm going to hit uh, pause here. All right. See you, Austin. See you, guys.